It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Grand Jury handed down a long list of indictments in November, bringing felony charges against seven Sitkins for alleged crimes ranging from misconduct involving controlled substances to burglary. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The grand jury alleges that on October 5th, 33-year-old Zachary Lowen broke into Harbor Mountain Brewing and stole money from the till. Using security footage obtained from a nearby convenience store and the brewery, police say they were able to identify Lowen as he broke into the building, opened the cash register, and did, quote, a little ditty dance before taking the money from the till and leaving. Then, around 11 p.m. on November 10th, police responded to a report that a man had broken into Mount Edgecombe Preschool. Officers arrived at the school and allegedly found Lowen drinking from a 47-ounce jug of applesauce. The grand jury indicted Lowen on one count of burglary in the second degree, a felony, and one misdemeanor count of theft in the fourth degree. Lowen's arrest at the preschool wasn't the only late-night call police responded to in November. Shortly before midnight on November 3rd, Sitka police responded to reports that a fight had broken out at Ernie's bar. Police say after arriving at the bar and breaking up the fight, they arrested 33-year-old Joshua Bivens. According to the allegations, Bivens had assaulted multiple people in the bar, including the manager, when a loaded handgun fell out of his pants. On November 9th, a Sitka grand jury indicted Bivens on one count of misconduct involving weapons in the third degree, a Class C felony. A trial in Bivens' case is tentatively scheduled next January. In a separate case, the same grand jury on November 9th indicted 46-year-old Christian Moe on one count of sexual abuse and one count of assault. A trial in Moe's case is tentatively scheduled next February. Also on November 9th, 32-year-old Twyla O'Brien and 27-year-old Bradley Ross were each indicted on one count of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the second degree, a Class A felony. The grand jury also indicted 26-year-old Miguel Garcia on two felony counts of misconduct involving a controlled substance. Trials in all three narcotics cases are tentatively scheduled for January of next year. And on November 30th, the grand jury indicted one more Sitkin. 33-year-old James O'Brien was indicted on two counts of misconduct involving a controlled substance. This follows O'Brien's indictment on a related charge in July when he was arrested for possession of fentanyl near a school. A trial in O'Brien's case is tentatively scheduled for January. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. KCAW omits certain details in assault and domestic violence cases in order to protect the identities of the victims. Two days of memorial services are planned this week for Father Michael Alexa, a well-known Russian Orthodox priest who is probably one of the most traveled of Alaska clergy members. He served communities across the entire state, from western Alaska to Sitka. He last served in Nanwalek near Homer when he died last month at the age of 76. Sven Hawkinson grew up in Old Harbor on Kodiak Island, Father Alexa's first assignment as a priest in Alaska. Hawkinson says he's known him since he was five years old and remembers hearing the word Supiak for the first time in his services. Hawkinson says that was the name the indigenous people of Kodiak Island once called themselves. I want to say he wanted to make sure people understood our history, which is something that wasn't taught or wasn't spoken about. Hawkinson says elders knew the word but no longer used it because most people had begun to think of themselves as Aleut, the Russian name for the natives they first encountered.
Aleut is a name that the Russians just called everybody from the Aleutians all the way up to the Prince William Sound. Hawkinson says Alexa's use of the word Supiak was healing for the community, and the priest's lessons in history made him curious about his own culture, which started him on his journey to become one of the first Alaska Native anthropologists. Hawkinson's sister, Phyllis Clough, says one of the priest's greatest gifts was as a teacher and storyteller. He would explain everything where everyone could understand, because there was a lot of broken English back then, and he had a way and his eyes lit up when people would come to church, he would be so happy. In the 1980s, Father Alexa was known for his groundbreaking work as a cultural ambassador. He focused on the need for educators to understand and appreciate Alaska Native culture so they could be more effective in the classroom and avoid cultural misunderstandings. Services have been scheduled both Monday and Tuesday at St. Innocence Cathedral in Anchorage. During the holiday season, the governor's mansion in Juneau is decorated with a tree from the Tongass National Forest. Each year, the community that provides the tree rotates. This year, it was Ketchikan's turn. KRBD's Jack Darrell followed the tree's journey from summit to sea and has this story. We're hiking towards Silvis Lake. There are eight members of the U.S. Forest Service, two reporters, and one pastor. Ketchikan is on the other side of the mountains. We come up over a ridge, and there, across the muskeg, is a 16-foot-tall, majestic Sitka spruce. This spruce is about to become part of an annual tradition. It's called the Together Tree, and it's a collaboration between many of the communities in southeast Alaska. The Forest Service sends the tree, with the help of the Coast Guard, to the state's capital, where it will stand on the veranda of the governor's mansion, wreathed in ornaments and twinkling lights. Nathan Moores, a Forest Service ranger, says he's been scouting out this tree since he heard that Ketchikan would be providing this year's Together Tree. The last time Ketchikan was tapped for the tradition was 2019. When they get to Juno, they could take off a foot or two. That way it'll start sucking up water again. Moore's unshoulders his chainsaw. Ken Truitt of the Alaska native Cape Fox Corporation steps up first. Somewhere below, a creek is rushing. He pulls out a Bible. Our people come from the Tongass tribe, the Tongass National Forest. We tell our people, our young ones, that the sea is our pantry. This is where we get our meat from. If we look around, we're surrounded by evergreen. Evergreen is everlasting. It, it's always there. It's never going to die. So I thought about we're getting ready to take down a tree that Mother Earth has provided us with. Truett offers a prayer for the tree and those standing with him beneath it. This tree is going to go to the governor, am I correct? So my prayer is that this tree, once it goes into the governor's mansion, may the fragrance come out of that tree, that any time anybody walks by it, they can smell it, and they can know that it came from the forest. If it's decorated, may each one of those decorations mean something to each one of those that might have put something under there. Later, Truett says this was a new experience for him. Many a blessing, but not for a tree. After the tree has been blessed, Moores and Megan Smith, another ranger, get to work. It takes six people to carry the spruce down the muddy slope. 
As it's being loaded in the Forest Service truck, the falling rain begins to mix with snow. It's as if the weather itself is trying to get into the holiday spirit. After that, it's driven back towards town. The Coast Guard cutter Anthony Pettit is headed to Juneau on routine operations. As is tradition, they offer to take the tree with them. Hi, the tree, yeah. This year's Together tree is hauled up on chains by the Anthony Pettit's hydraulic winch. The Forest Service and Coast Guard personnel huddle together in the cold rain and snow and watch as the tree above their heads moves from land to water and then is lowered into the cutter's hold. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. Last month was National Native American Heritage Month. In a press release on Thursday, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration celebrated by highlighting a daring rescue by the Metlakatla Indian community. Back in July, NOAA's Office of Law Enforcement in Ketchikan received a call. A whale-watching company had spotted a humpback whale tangled in a line and dragging buoys through Blank Inlet. They responded to the whale on the south side of Gravina Island. Soon they were joined by the Metlakatla Indian Community's Department of Fish and Wildlife. Entangled whales frequently avoid boats, and cutting visible gear off can actually make things worse, so specialized equipment and training is needed. Dustin Winter is Metlakatla's Fish and Wildlife Director. He and his team were the only people in the community with that training. For years, Winter had kept the department up to date on the Entanglement Response Program in preparation for an event like this one. After capturing some underwater video, they discovered the whale was caught through the mouth by thick line attached to unmarked buoys. They came up with an action plan. They figured out which line needed to be cut with a special tool, and at some point late in the evening, the line was finally severed. By morning, the whale was free. NOAA Fisheries commended the Metlakatla Indian Community's team on what they called a safe and successful rescue. NOAA says, if you see an entangled whale, don't approach it. It can be dangerous. Instead, contact experts like Metlakatla's team who have the proper training. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Institute of Social and Economic Research holds a talk by Greg Polzer on rethinking energy security in the North. That is noon today at the University of Alaska and via Zoom. For more information or to register by Zoom, you can follow a link on the community calendar posting. The Sitka Sustainability Commission holds a work session at 6 p.m. today, followed by a regular meeting at 7 p.m. at Harrigan Centennial Hall. For more information, email sustainability at cityofsitka.org. The public is invited to the free second grade winter concert at 7 p.m. today at the Sitka Performing Arts Center. Sitka Tribe of Alaska hosts open studio time for tribal citizens and members of tribal households to work on traditional arts from 5 to 8 p.m. Tuesdays through December 19th in the grandchildren's room on the first floor of 204 Siganaka Way. Meeting assistance will be available. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 